This is Connected Nation, a podcast focused on all things broadband. From closing the digital divide to improving your internet speeds, we talk technology topics that impact all of us, our families, and our communities. On today's podcast, we're talking with those behind a massive undertaking to connect more than 28,000 students with economic challenges to high-speed internet in a Tennessee school district. And they're succeeding in the midst of the pandemic. Learn how this unique public-private partnership was developed and how it is working to help thousands of kids who would otherwise be left without access to their remote classrooms. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Connected Nation. I'm Jessica Denson, and today we're talking with those who are tackling a major challenge in Chattanooga, Tennessee, how to connect economically disadvantaged students to the high-speed internet they need for remote learning, especially during COVID-19. Our guests today are Jill Levine, who is the Chief of Innovation with the Hamilton County School District in Chattanooga, Jeff Milliner, who is the Senior Program and Operations Officer with the Enterprise Center and the Tech Goes Home Chattanooga, and Scotty Summerlin, who is the Public Relations Coordinator coordinator with EPB Chattanooga, an electric and telecommunications company owned by the city of Chattanooga. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Jessica. Thanks for having us. We're glad to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. We're excited to talk to you three. Let's start with you, Scotty, and so you could set the stage a little for our listeners and tell us about HCS EdConnect, which is a new initiative meant to help students in the area. Sure. So in Chattanooga, we have had uh, the gig for a decade, which is a 100% community-wide fiber-to-the-home network. So we have done lots of initiatives when it comes to digital equity. And when the COVID crisis hit and the students in our county had to go to school virtually, we knew we needed to do something fast. So we worked with the school district and Text Goes Home um, to set up 130 Wi-Fi hotspots around the county as a stopgap measure. And once we got those up and running, we decided we need to do something um, in case these kids have to go to school virtually in the fall. Um, so we worked on this program, Hamilton County Schools, Egg Connect, powered by EPB, and we raised $6 million. We still have $2.2 million left to raise, but we're confident we can do that. And this will be a 10-year program to help these students and their families. And this will be available to all Hamilton County school students who live in our service area, which is most of the county, and qualify for the federal free and reduced lunch program. And uh, Chattanooga really prides itself on the public-private partnerships that you guys have had in the area, correct? We do. We call it the Chattanooga Way, and we have done lots of public-private partnerships, bringing our um, municipalities together with private industry and nonprofits. And we've done a lot, a lot of work. And so um, I don't know if you can call anything about the COVID crisis lucky, but we were certainly prepared when this happened to be able to immediately uh, move into action. And you really caught our attention uh, with with the fact that this is one of the first in the U.S., at least one of the first, if not the first in the U.S., to provide all economically disadvantaged students across an entire school system with fiber to the home internet connection. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Sure. We believe that we are the first community that has done this, that um, giving students access in their home with a fiber broadband connection. And um, all of these students will qualify for a home internet uh, service and a Wi-Fi router at no charge, and it's 100 megabits per second. And this is going to be 
plenty of bandwidth, upload and download speeds with no data caps, not only so the students can be doing their work online, but so the parents can be working online as well. Maybe they have siblings who are watching educational entertainment while the parents and the other students are working, and there's plenty of bandwidth and room for everyone to work online at the same time. And we're going to break down a little bit more on that public-private partnership with some of the people that we're talking with today, Jill and Jeff. Um, I'd like to start with you first, Jill. You're with the Hamilton County School District in the role of Chief of Innovation. Talk a little bit about what that role is and the challenges that the pandemic suddenly presented for the school district. Well, thank you, Jessica. We launched the Office of Innovation just about a year ago, so the timing really was perfect in our district, and our goals were and are to accelerate innovation um, throughout the district, increase school choice options, and also enhance engagement for student learners and also engagement um, throughout our community. So um, when the COVID um, pandemic really set in here in Chattanooga, we closed school, I believe it was March 13th and um, realized very quickly that the digital divide was um, profound and pronounced um, as much as as we had feared. Um, While we were one-to-one with technology in grades six through 12, so we did have lots of kids with Chromebooks going home with Chromebooks, many of them couldn't access learning from home because they didn't have high-speed internet. So um, I I would like to step back just a little bit and um, talk about your 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 history and your background in this space of education and technology uh, and helping vulnerable populations. Uh, Prior to your role as chief of innovation, you served as the chief of the Opportunity Zone, a learning community focused on turnaround of the 12 highest needs schools in the district. And I should mention there are Opportunity Zones all over the country. So this is one of those um, places where it was a focus to help kids and to help communities. Um, you also served previously as the chief academic officer of the school district and were, were the principal of Norman Park Museum Magnet, a pre-K through eighth grade school in Chattanooga for about 14 years. And you also led the transformation of two low-performing low, low schools into innovative places for learning. Um, and in addition, from 2013 to 2015, you served in the Obama administration as a full, first full-time principal ambassador fellow to the United States Department of Education. And in that capacity, you worked closely with the Secretary of Education to increase the department's focus on the importance of school leadership. So uh, that's quite a background. Did that prepare you for what's going on now? And did it teach you some lessons about how to help vulnerable um, populations in the schools? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and um, equity has always been a focus of my work, the district's work. It was a focus when I worked with um, Secretary Duncan at the U.S. Department of Ed. And, um, you know, when we shut down schools and had to go to virtual learning, we very quickly learned that the learning experience was um, inequitable for for lots and lots of kids. Um, when we analyzed data from our district, we determined that um, we had about 17,000 households or 28,000 kids who did not have access to high-speed internet and who also were economically disadvantaged. And so um, we knew that if kids were going to continue to learning and that learn in this new environment, we were going to have to do something quickly to make sure that they have the resources that they need to access learning from home. And how detrimental is it for a child not to have that access? 
Well, when you think about um, the digital divide, think about a student who's at home with a desk and a computer and a quiet space to learn and, you know, high speed Internet so they can access all of the Zoom calls and the instructional videos and, you know, all, Nearpod and Flipgrid and all of the kinds of things that we're using now to engage students in virtual learning versus a student who um, maybe doesn't have a quiet and um, comfortable place to sit, cannot connect um, to the internet or has, you know, spotty internet connection that, that goes in and out regularly or, or is too slow. And um, then think about the experience. I guess I would compare it to, you know, watching television now and watching television back in the, you know, late 70s, early 80s, when we had to adjust, adjust antennas um, to tune in the, the show watch, right it's just a completely different experience and I think that's the same for kids who do or do not have access to high, high speed internet that is a, a fantastic analogy although we might have to explain that to some of the kids in the if there's any child in the audience these are an antenna I think I just dated myself terribly, but, um, you know, some people were, will recall watching Happy Days or MASH back in the, you know, late 70s and, and having to tune in, using those antenna to tune in the TV perfectly to watch watch those shows. Yeah, that's quite a difference compared to Netflix or Amazon Prime or any of those uh, right. online. Yes, it's a great analogy. Um, let's turn now to Jeff uh, Milliner. Uh, my understanding is this is a community-wide effort and that there are a lot of community partners. And the Enterprise Center, um, which you're a part of, Jeff, um, is, was part of this work. Can you talk a little bit about what the Enterprise Center is and also Tech Goes Home Chattanooga and your role in this effort? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. We're an economic development partner to the city, the county, um, and, and increasingly our region. We focus on this in a, in a few different ways, um, particularly around this idea of innovation. So, so one of the things is becoming a smart city, um, looking at research and application development around this incredible asset we have, the gig, thanks to EPB, um, about our actual sort of like physical structures and space downtown um, creating this innovation district, thinking about things like placemaking. Um, and then the, the third piece, which is especially relevant to this, is the idea of digital equity. Um, you know, how we make those other two areas meaningful for everyone who lives in our community. Um, that when we're talking about economic development, we're talking about long-term um, economic development. We're talking about distributed economic success. Um, and, and being able to use the gig, not just for kind of like the pioneering innovation, um, but making sure everybody has access to that. Uh, and a, a big part of that work is this program, Tech Goes Home. Um, it was founded in Boston, actually, by our, our current president, uh, Deb Socha, um, who spent her career in this digital equity space uh, as an educator uh, with Next Century Cities and in, in advocating for broadband, um, and now uh, again with us. Um, so Tech Goes Home is our, our signature digital equity in, uh, initiative. Um, we focus on kind of 15 hours of digital literacy training, um, providing access to a subsidized device, um, $50 for a brand new Chromebook or tablet, um, really so folks have skin in the game. Um, but that's theirs at the end of the class. Um, and then working with them to get a home connection um, so that they have you know, the, the connectivity to make all of it possible, um, the device that makes it meaningful, and the education required to, to do things with it. 
Um, over the last five years, we've had more than 4,800 graduates from that class, 90 different community partners. Um, our, uh, excuse me, our graduates have been uh, ranged age one to 93 um, at this point. Um, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, so it, you know, that's a big part of, of this initiative is, you know, we've got those 4,800 trusted relationships um, as we think about, you know, how we roll out something as big and audacious as HCS EdConnect. Um, our, our role, uh, and Scotty and Jill can weigh in and correct me, um, you know, I, I think is actually sort of various and sundry. Um, we're, we are providing logistical support. Um, we've helped build out, you know, a website, um, a tracker to make sure students are, are getting connected um, and that we're not missing anyone. Um, I think that's, that's something that we realized as, as we were doing something big for the first time, um, that there would be challenges. But so long as we had this plan in place to make sure no one got missed, that all really meant all, we'd be in a great position. Um, and it helps to have a, a nimble partner uh, a nonprofit like the Enterprise Center there to, um, you know, we've got this history of work, so avoiding um, some potential pitfalls, but also when we run into challenges, you know, there's a partner who who might be able to move around them a little quicker. The other thing on the operational side, you know, we are, as Scotty mentioned, uh, working to raise that last um, that last little delta on the project, um, and and our nonprofit status really helps with that. So having having partners who can um, are all good at at different things working together. I'm hearing a common uh, a theme throughout this. It's it's working together with all different partnerships and everybody taking a role and taking a piece of this. Um, if I may, for just a moment, I'd like to uh, quote some statistics. Uh, the need to connect students is something we're seeing all across the country. Even before the pandemic, um, more than 12 million children were in what is dubbed the homework gap, meaning that they did not have access they need at home or elsewhere before they would go to the library or to um, a fast food place. We hear a lot of parents saying, I always have to go to the Arby's or the McDonald's to get my kids online to do their homework. Um, obviously, the pandemic shut down many of those options, especially in the first few months. So I guess my point to all that is to say that this is a, a huge problem across the country. And Chattanooga is becoming definitely a, a an example of solutions oriented. So I'd like to really focus on some takeaways that other places could could learn from what you've what you've done and maybe the impact of those. So um, I don't know who wants to who wants to jump in first, maybe Jill and and how these public private partnerships came about and what was important about approaching it that way. Yeah, well, as Scotty mentioned, that really is the Chattanooga way. Um, we have lots of public-private partnerships, and it's really how we think get things done in this community. So there's definitely a track record for working together, and um, particularly in helping underserved communities and also helping our school system to improve. So, so that's part of it. When when um, we realized that we were closing down schools. Our superintendent was in conversation with the CEO of EPB, and you know they they very quickly decided they wanted to do something big and something visionary, and began to pull in the Enterprise Center and other partners to um, do some fundraising. Um, as Scotty mentioned, we we raised about six million dollars fairly quickly. Have a little bit still to go on that, obviously. Um, but then we really had to dig in and do the difficult work. So. 
all of this might sound easy. Let's get um, high-speed Wi-Fi into um, 17,000 households. Um, And it's just not, there are a lot of data tracking systems, a lot of conversations, um, things that just have to be worked out. So we have a team that meets every Wednesday morning where we really dive into all of the details around this and um, make sure that like we're sharing the right data with EPB so that they can then have their call centers arrange installation. And, you know, a big question for us is how do we reach the the families who are the hardest to reach? And um, maybe we can't do that through emailed surveys or texts. There's got to be other ways to do that. So we're continuously engaged in outreach efforts to our families to try to get them to sign on. Um, At this point, we have um, heard back from 12,238 families. And I actually have a tracker on my wall where I'm continuously (laughs) looking at this. And we've um, connected 3,374 families to HCS Ed Connect. That means we still have a lot to go. And so the work will continue until we're able to reach all the families and get everybody who wants to be connected, connected. I I would add to what what Jill said there, that when you do have a multi-stakeholder partnership like this, when you've got um, folks taking on different roles, um, that it isn't, you know, we've got this incredible leadership from EPB and Hamilton County Schools, but it isn't a project owned by any one entity, um, which when, you know, you run into challenges, becomes a way of it's not someone else's problem, it's how do we solve this together? And I think as, as other communities potentially look at how do we do big things, it's so much easier to do big things together for that reason. You know, there's a there's a reason to solve it um, rather than to walk away from it. Um, and I think that's really helped us um, as we run into things we couldn't possibly have anticipated um, rolling this out. And Scotty, from uh, I was going to ask from your point of view as uh, a group that is providing some of the services or all of the services, what, uh, what's kind of the approach that you take when you're working with these different communities? I love what Jeff said about working together and it's not somebody else's problem. It's you, you all come up with a solution together. Well, I mean, these are our customers, so we treat them like we treat all our customers. And so um, we're just happy to be able to help with this, this issue because we look at it from a workforce development point of view you know, we need these students to be connected because we need them to be able to get through school and then go to post-secondary and be ready for the workforce in 10 or 15 years. So it's it's very tied to workforce development and economic development in our area. And we would love to be a model for other communities around the country. If the political will is there to work together, it certainly can be done. And Jeff, you mentioned the idea of digital literacy training and that you, you've done a lot of that and devices. Are you seeing when you do connect one of these students that you're not just connecting the child, but you're connecting the whole family? Yeah, and that's absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that makes this um, such a, an important initiative. Um, and in the way that we thought about it is that it is, um, you know, academic success is about the whole child. It is about um, their whole family, our long-term economic development. Um, this all depends on everybody having access. The digital divide is such a cross-cutting issue. Um, it has a huge impact on education, obviously, but it's got an impact on health. It's got an impact on social connectedness. It's got an impact on, on entertainment and quality of life. Um, and really thinking about how this has uh, benefit across the board for a family and, and opportunities for the family to kind of do what they want to do with the access, to have agency in this process. That to me is a big part of that digital literacy 
digital equity conversation um, is agency, that this, this becomes um, a way of really fully participating for every member of that family in what the 21st century and a city like Chattanooga has to offer. And if you could see me, I know it's a podcast, but I'm just nodding my head with everything you're saying. Yes, it impacts health. It impacts uh, families. It impacts veterans. It impacts kids. It's it's digital equity is such a huge issue. And I think the uh, unfortunately, because of the covid uh, pandemic, we have really seen that uh, come to the forefront. Um, Before I let you all go, um, I would like to ask that each of you give some words of advice or wisdom or things to avoid, whatever you think that might help another community that is looking to do um, something similar for the kids in their area. Um, uh, because there's three of, us, three of you, I'm going to start you off, Jill. Why don't you, you kick us off with that? I think in educational leadership, it's really important to remember that you can't do anything alone and be effective. So, you know, build a team, lean on others for support and help and, and just share share the leadership and, and share the opportunity to get things done. Just be open to those community partnerships. And Scotty, do you want to jump in? Sure. Three things I was thinking Um First, I want to make sure we thank our partners who made this possible, Hamilton County, the city of Chattanooga, uh, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Tennessee Foundation, and the Smart City Venture Fund. So they really helped us with the funding support to make this happen. Um, Second is Chattanooga seems like a small town, um, and it kind of is. And that's one of the reasons why the Chattanooga Way works. Jeff and I worked together at the Public Education Foundation. Jill and I worked together when she was at Hamilton County Schools, and I was a PTA president. And so that's one great thing about our community is when you're in need, you know who to call. And oh yeah, this person knows that person. And I worked with them and I volunteered with them. And that's one way how we get things done quickly. Um, and then lastly, um, I had the opportunity about five years ago, maybe a little bit longer to go to Washington DC and be part of a mom Congress where they brought one mom from every state to come together and um, share what their communities were doing. And Secretary Duncan, um, the Education Secretary, spoke to us then. And I would just love to see our community move back toward that, where we bring, you know, our states together, our cities together, our communities together, what's working and how can we help other communities achieve that kind of success. And Jeff, do you have any final words of wisdom or advice to offer? Oh, you picked the wrong person for the last <laughs> uh, the last comments, but I'll, I'll do my best. I, I want to pick up on something that's, that Scotty talked about there um, and kind of, I mean, even with the three of us on this call, our, our shared network over time in, in Chattanooga, you know, we recognize that that is not everyone's experience. Um, and that is why this is so important. Um, you know, when you grow up inside a network, um, things can be great, but if you grow up outside of it, if you don't have access, if you are on the other side of that digital divide, um, you know, the things that are easy for some of us just aren't. Um, and I think a lot about kind of old infrastructure, about the highway system. And, you know, if you were to stand in the in the middle of our innovation district, you know, you can see those highways around and where success has happened and, and where folks have been left behind, um, particularly folks of color. Um, and then we think about this infrastructure and the kind of investments that cities can make and what the future looks like, um, that this is infrastructure that fundamentally connects, that is about network, about a human network, um, about a, a digital, about connectivity um, networks. 
And making an investment like this, thinking big, um, thinking big together is so, so important. And as you said, COVID has, has, uh, didn't create the digital divide. It existed well before. And unless we do something now, you know, it will exist long after. We've got a responsibility in this moment um, to think about how we can fundamentally make a change um, and, and connect our communities in a way that they, they should be connected. And of course, it's going to be hard. And of course, there are going to be challenges. If it was easy, everybody would have done it long ago. But if you just are committed to we're going to work through these challenges, we're going to keep this up, it really can um, transform your community and the future of your community. Well, I think you all did a great job. Some prophetic words there, some important things. Um, I would love it if we could revisit uh, down the road once you have connected more of the students and check in and see how things are going and maybe some new lessons learned. Um, I want to thank all three of you for your commitment to the students and families of Hamilton County. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you, Jessica. It's been a pleasure. We appreciate Connected Nation helping to get the word out about ways we can all collectively help our students. We have a shared mission, that's for sure. We want to extend um, access to everyone, no matter where they live or who they are. Again, our guests today were Jill Levine, who is the Chief of Innovation with the Hamilton County School District in Chattanooga, Jeff Milliner, who is the Senior Program and Operations Officer with the Enterprise Center, and Scotty Summerlin, who is the Public Relations Coordinator with EPB Chattanooga. They are all part of an important effort to connect more than 28,000 students with economic challenges to high-speed internet across Chattanooga, Tennessee. And as you heard the numbers earlier from Jill, they are already succeeding and reaching thousands of kids. Check the description in this podcast for links to each organization and for a press release that provides more details about this unique public-private partnership. I'm Jessica Denson. Thanks for listening to Connected Nation. If you like our show and want to know more about us, head to connectednation.org or look for the latest episodes of Connected Nation on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Pandora, or Spotify.